language in this show may be too harsh for young listeners. In other words, we still struggling with our cussing. You're listening to Psycho Music Lyricology, a podcast where music touches the mind and heals the soul. I am one of your co-hosts, the guy that doesn't know anything about hip-hop, Sheldon Moss, along with the dude that is always secure about his opinion, Michael Nelson. Ain't nobody humping around. And the professor, Maurice Moss. What's up? What's happening with it? Sound good. What's going on, bro? You know, man, trying to uh, trying to keep this rain off my head. You know how I go. You know, a lot of people are like depressed in the rain. I like the rain. I do too. As long as I gotta get out of here, I'm like, if I can sit out on my patio and watch it rain, that's that's a good time for me. To be a cool. I just, I just don't like it when it's raining hot, right? right. Humidity, right. right? But when it's just raining, man, it's just good. Unless, unless I have a tea time, yeah, man. But what's been happening with it? You know, other than your. Uh, Yo, uh, uh, swim lessons and all that good stuff, man. You know what? I ain't been swimming in a... I am been. Uh-huh. I am been in about, uh... Oh, God. I can't remember the last time I went. I don't know. I don't remember <laughs> the last time I went swimming. I got a little sidetracked there for a second there, man, watching these folks come through this door. I see you. You know what I'm saying? As long as they don't come through uh, <laughs> spraying like belly, <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> they don't walk through the door like belly. Yeah. I can see their faces and hands. I'm good. But, yeah, man, as you know, I just got back from uh, Montreal and Quebec. Oh, yeah. And uh, I brought y'all a little something. Where? You know, ain't nothing major, but I'm sure you all will be able to use this. You know. Uh oh. What is it? Is it a bottle opener? Oh, okay. I'm all, yeah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm always can use a all bottle right. opener. Oh, word. Oh, this is cool, it. man. Got a moose on it. Yeah, I like this. Canadian moose. Yeah, because, you know, every time we go somewhere, each other has something. We are, where the bottle opener? Where the yeah. bottle opener? Yeah, okay. that's cool. So, Oh, it's got a, it's a magnet, so it fits yeah. on there. Okay. Yeah. You know, I have a, uh, I have one from the San Diego Zoo from the Africa. Yeah. It says Africa Rocks. <laughs> so that plus this one, I got international bottle openers. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Right yeah. on. Yeah, be jealous. I got international bottle openers. <laughs> right on. Well, what's up, Maurice, man? What you been on? You know, what you've been listening to, you know, we got some new stuff that's out, but... A lot of new stuff is out, man. But, you know, um, uh, I've only been listening to, like, three or four actual things. I didn't listen to... I still haven't listened to the link you sent us for Eminem, but I've been hearing a lot about it. So, uh, kind of like when Mike was talking about uh, when uh, Cardi B came out. Not Cardi B. Nicki Minaj came out, and it's, like, more... The, the story surrounding the album and not necessarily the music so I haven't gotten around to like getting past all the stories and start listening to the music on that on the uh, Eminem and then there was another that you sent I haven't listened to that one either but uh, Alice Smith mm-hmm. uh, who has put out a lot of good music if you if you have not checked out Alice Smith yet please check her out she uh, just recently put out a cover of House of the Rising Sun and uh, it's really, really good. But it, 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 
uh, it pointed me back to uh, some of her older albums. And uh, she really, you know, her music, I just, I don't know what to say. She's just, she's just a phenomenal artist. She just creates a lot of drama with her vocal, and she's an excellent songwriter. So I, I just really, really, I fan out. With with her because she's a really really good artist. I, I like, like I like that description. Creates a lot of drama with her vocals. Yeah, she does. I like mm. that. I, she really I, does. I'm, I'm, yeah, I I and the reason it caught my attention is because I don't know if I could have put it any better. Yeah, she and does. She does that. The truth. Yeah, I'm gonna check her tiny disc out, man. Yeah, I think she. Yeah, I didn't. She has a tiny. Yeah, she uh, did. Okay, she okay, did okay. one back in February. Shout okay. out to NPR. They always got no some good joke, tiny discs, man. man. I agree. They, you know. They, they could easily go out and find like all the, the big names, but yeah. what they do, yeah, they find some. Excellent. I mean, they 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 grab good good folk. Yeah, that uh, if you're really a music lover, whether it be hip hop or jazz or R and B or whatever rock, uh, they, they own it. They they get the, they get the artists artists. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And another uh, person I listened to, uh, I. I listened to her oh, several months ago. She was online. I think she had a, a, a cover of a of an, an Anita Baker song that went viral. And it was just her playing a guitar. Her name is Victory Boyd. But she's actually on uh, Rock Nation. And uh, she does a lot. She's just she's a, a vocalist. Um, and she uh, plays guitar. She's got like a, I don't know, Tuck and Patty. Uh, Tracy Chapman kind of thing going on mm-hmm. and uh, her album which came out just came out recently is really really good um, uh, I can't think of the name of it right now but I know one of the singles that I kept playing over and over again was called Jazz Festival where she just tells this story about you know uh, how the Jazz Festival uh, you know changed the mood and she introduced somebody to the Jazz Festival but uh, this is an album that a lot of people need to check out but um uh, a victory boy. We'll have to uh, add her and hashtag her on the show to uh, make sure that uh, people get to hear her. She's really good. Those are the two that I, yeah. that I've been listening to. That's cool. Yeah. What about you, Mike? You know. Well, um, I will say this is the first time I've listened to an Eminem <laughs> album. Okay. Oh. Yeah. I mean. Wait a minute now. Yeah, I listen. Hold I listen to the up. whole thing. Wait a minute. Okay, so let's, let <laughs> let me let me be truthful about it. The first time I heard Eminem was the Slim Shady song, uh-huh. and for me, uh, I remember vividly. This was what ninety nine, two thousand, around two thousand one, maybe mm-hmm. somewhere along that time when that album came out, and I didn't, uh, I didn't, uh, I didn't give Eminem a chance simply because I didn't like. I saw. I saw the video and I just thought he was making fun of the culture. So I just, you know, I just immediately turned him off and I didn't, I didn't care, you know, that whatever it was he did, I didn't, I didn't give a shit about. And I can see that takeaway. And, and the truth of the matter is, is that, you know, everybody was all, Ooh, he's the greatest ever. And I was like, yeah, bullshit. No, you know, whatever, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> You know, <laughs> say what you gotta <laughs> say, yeah. man. Just say what you gotta say. As long as black thought <laughs> is on the planet, then there won't be a greatest ever 
if you can't get past Black Thought. That's just me. I agree with that, but I agree with there are so many even before Black Thought that Eminem has to get in line behind. I agree, you know, <laughs> I, and I remember. But and I, I like Eminem as a lyricist, and I still say that. Yeah, I mean, and here's the thing, and and now that you said that, I remember having um, a discussion with somebody who was mm, five, six, seven years my junior when that album came out, and they were like, "Oh, Eminem is like this, you know, he's funny and he's." You know, we've never seen this in hip hop. And then I was like, yeah, uh, all he did was copy the far side. All he did was copy Biz Markie and try to be funny with stuff that they've already done. So, yeah, no, we've seen it before. You just didn't see it. But anyway, that's that was it. So anyway, I listened to uh, and I don't I don't even know what made me do it. I was uh, I, I guess I was scrolling through title and I saw the no. Maybe Fonte, somebody on, on Twitter on Instagram put up the album cover okay. and juxtaposed it to Beastie Boys album cover because it's you know it's, it's the same throwback. thing yeah. yeah and so uh, and speaking of Far Side and Biz Marquee, Beastie Boys did what Eminem is doing just not as they weren't as lyrical as you know I will give Eminem he's <laughs> he is lyrical but he sure. ain't the best to ever do it but anyway. The other part, uh, so I listened to the first song maybe two times in a row. And uh, because after I saw the album cover, I saw something else talking about him dissing people. And I was apparently missing the disses because I only heard him. I only heard him say something about Lil Yachty. Uh huh. And he didn't really say anything bad about Lil Yachty. He just said, I don't like his flow. He said, I'm not, and he, he went to great lengths to say, uh, he went to he went to great lengths to say I'm not dissing him, I just don't like it. Mm-hmm. It just ain't for me. Which mm-hmm. you know, uh, um, which you know, the truth of the matter is is that you know he ain't for me either. But you know, <laughs> uh, that's that's kind of where it went. And then I uh, uh, listened to the whole album. The music is good. I think he chose some great beats, and uh, and uh, I think he's just I think he's going through. Um, and he's, he's, he's trying to, you know, we talk about all the time, like you're trying to work your shit out on wax. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what he's doing on this album. Uh, he's a skit in the middle of the record that says, uh, that he's like, I guess it's just a manager or a record company person or whatever is, uh, saying, uh, you know, you, you, you're on a slippery, slippery slope, you know, it's a kamikaze. You put this album out to apparently the the album before this one flopped by you know Eminem standards mm-hmm, it flopped mm-hmm. revival and mm-hmm. so and people were saying he fell off so apparently this kamikaze album is his response to people who said he fell off so the manager is like yo um or the record company exec whoever it is is saying you know you're on a slippery slope you can't put out an album uh where every song is talking about how people didn't like your last album. So what you going to do on Kamikaze 2? <laughs> you know, do this, do it again for people who don't like this album. And, you know, just, you know, it's a bad idea to keep doing this. But so apparently he's going through. I'm going to say this. You can listen to it. It's not going to get a lot of spins with me. I think I'm pretty much done. You know, I listened to maybe, I'm, I may have listened to it twice, and I'm probably pretty much done with it. I probably won't listen to it again mm-hmm. unless somebody, you know, tells me something else about it that I need to check out. 
So but, there's a there's drama surrounding this album because uh, I'm I listen to the Joe Budden podcast. Yeah, that's probably the yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the po- one of the few podcasts that every week I actually listen to it. You don't listen to this one. Well, I, I know I know what we're saying, yeah, so I don't have to get listen. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> he listens to Joe Budden, but he won't listen. Won't listen I know what we said. Podcast, but uh, anyway, I do download it. Make sure we get a you know a click or whatever off of it. But uh, so he's he's actually dissing Joe Budden on his album. You know that's a, his yeah. slaughter slaughterhouse. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and uh, Joe Budden made the exact same comments that you made about. Uh, him rapping, uh, you know, trying to prove something, and it's kind of like compared him to Jay Z. Like Jay Z, when he raps, he ain't even trying to prove nothing, right? You know, he's just kind of, you know, I'm, I've, I've established myself as an artist, and you don't have to go through that when you right. are who you are, right? Yeah. Right. But he, he made it. He made some references to the whole emo rap thing and how you know he's going through like what you're saying. But yeah, it, it, it's, it's really interesting how. Uh, how uh, Button sees the whole album because you know Button was trying to come up in Slaughterhouse, yeah. And M at that particular point in time, according to Button, was like uh, you know this superstar and at the top of his game, and so he didn't really have time for his artists because mm-hmm. that's who that's who But you know Slaughterhouse Five that's who that you know his artists were. So he basically said, hey, you know, you need to go ahead and retire. Because you know your time is over, and if you do something, if you do do something, come out and do a bad meets evil. Because that was him and Royce the Five Nine, mm-hmm. and so that's so. And there is a cut on there with he and Royce, Royce yeah. And then there is the uh, there is a song where he there's an apology to um, remember his uh, his uh, the that first click that he had that D twelve. Remember the D twelve All Stars or whatever they call. Mm-hmm. And he has an apology song on there called uh, "Stepping Stones," where he is uh, he's basically saying, "I never meant to use you as my stepping stone. Y- y'all are my friends, and I apologize." Mm-hmm. So, you know, he he's whatever it is he's going through, but you know, that's Eminem. Yeah, I don't really care because he got a lot of money. So. True that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. find, Go find, get you a good find counselor. Else to be worried about. Yeah, and then. The other thing I listen to is, you know, I am a huge fan of Jazzy Jeff. And Jazzy Jeff, uh, he was here last night, but I didn't get to go see him. But uh, uh, he uh, he does this thing called Vinyl Destination where he's like, um, he does like these uh, mini documentaries of him being on tour. Right. Mm. He still does like two, three hundred dates a year. Right. So he does these uh, little whatever uh, mini documentaries. And then he has, uh, there was this one kid that was on the show uh one time his name is Masigo M A S E G O I guess I'm saying that right Masigo plays a saxophone plays saxophone um I follow him uh, he's he's a good artist okay he's mm-hmm. uh he's a uh, uh, Jamaican uh, I think yeah. he's an American Jamaican is what I think he is but anyway he does this thing they they they're calling they they they're creating a genre called uh trap house jazz Mm. that's what they that's what they're kind of titling his music and he has a new album out called lady lady Mm -hmm. and part of the reason that i saw it or um uh i i it popped up on uh title the other uh, last night and i listened to it and it is man really really good Mm -hmm. i listened to a couple songs yeah he's he's a good artist and then shout out to uh Remember uh, a while ago, I had mentioned a young lady that I had become familiar with, her music, Tiffany Gaucher. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she's actually she did a song with him on the album. Oh, okay. And it's called Queen Teens, and actually that's one of my favorite joints off the album. Okay. But I highly recommend that Masigo joint. It's it's called Lady Lady, which I guess is his. I think it's the second or third record that he's put out. Um, and uh, you know they link him with people like K Tronada and you know uh, that kind of thing. Yeah, but yeah, he sounds good. He's dope. Cool. He he really is, and so I I, I highly recommend that joint. Cool. Yeah, yeah man. But all I'm gonna say is I haven't been really listening to anything, but I'm looking forward to the Quincy Jones documentary that will be coming out September <laughs> the 21st on Netflix. <laughs> I'm only gonna watch if, if Quincy is gonna be on on if, if he's gonna be the Quincy that he was in the last interview that yes. I read. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm gonna watch that. Yes, I'm gonna watch that. Yes, he, he, he gotta have a whole segment on Richard Pryor. Let's talk about the Richard Pryor. I, I just want him to be on that vibe. If the interviewer like, don't I'm say, old, I'm gonna tell you everything that has gone on. I don't have any filters. This is what this is how it went down. The interviewer gotta start the whole thing saying, "Let's talk about the Richard Pryor." <laughs> That's that, the opening credit. That's, right. all, that's all I'm waiting on mm, okay. for his documentary to come out to see if he's going to be on that same vibe. But see, well, this will be his second documentary because remember he had one years ago and it was in the theater and it was called Listen Up. Yeah, you remember yeah. that? But that, was a not, that wasn't really a documentary. That was more about the... Uh, but they talked about his life and went back to yeah, where he lived and all was, that kind of stuff. It was more about the recording of that record. Oh, okay. Remember okay. that was the one with the... Uh, where they redid like Ray Charles and Shaka Khan did yeah. uh, the the Brothers Johnson joint, and, mm-hmm. yeah. But in between, they kept going back to you yeah, know. Yeah, but you know, they weren't talking about the Richard Pryor. No, they weren't. Now, they weren't this one, we get to talk about the Richard Pryor. I hope. Mm-hmm. And all and all his hope. other friends. Yeah, I don't know why I hope that, but it'd just be funny. Yeah, uh, that was pretty just scandalous. Watch it. He yeah. might make an apology in this one. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> he did apologize though for saying it in the first place. Yeah. But, you know, we'll see. His daughter probably going to make sure he's right on mm-hmm, this one, mm-hmm. you know, since she's behind it. So, right. yeah. But anyway, man. Oh, then then I know he's not going <laughs> to talk about it then because she was the one that made him apologize <laughs> right. in the first place. So. Right. Damn. Ain't gonna read it. Well, never mind. I ain't going to mm-hmm. watch it now. Right. I'm tripping. No, I'm, right. I'm going to watch it, though. But uh, needless to say, man, uh, we well, two of us have actually watched the Bobby Brown movie. Speaking of documentaries, <laughs> biopics. <laughs> one person hasn't. And uh, he said he had questions for us, Mike. Mark, uh, uh, well, you know, I mean, I want you to talk about, <laughs> I want you to talk about what happened, and then I just have questions because I've seen memes and stuff. Uh-huh. And what made me want to watch it uh-huh. is when they reenacted the scene of Whitney and Bobby in the in the store, yeah. trying on glasses and doing the that dance. That was real. Well, that I, happened, but I know it was from the, their show. You know, yeah, yeah, it was just but like that. When I saw them reacted in the movie, uh-huh. and I saw a side by side, they I was like, exact. "Oh, yes. okay, yeah, they did it This exact. looks interesting." So, I mean, so tell you know, talk about the story. I'm gonna say this: um, <laughs> it's not. It's it wasn't as good as uh, the new edition story. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that I I'm I'm gonna say about 45 minutes into it, I was like, "This is some disjointed shit." <laughs> It just it was kind of all over the place. So it was just like, what is going on? You know, it was like it 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 kind of just didn't follow a like a storyline. You know what I mean? He's at home, went he, to a party, and then almost, almost got killed. You know, he, and then they go back to him being a. Ch- I mean, okay, so you know, di- uh, biopics do that. You know, they do a they bunch do of cutaways. Yeah, they do a bunch one of timeline. But this, this time, is two disjointed as yeah. hell. And then, um, 
much like most of us do, I always do anyway. I was probably watching it and doing, you know, multitasking mostly on social media. And I just happened to pull up Facebook and somebody wrote on Facebook about an hour and a half into the show. I don't know why everybody's upset about this being disjointed. Mike, I mean Bobby because was just, Bobby was <laughs> fucked up. That's what that was gonna you be. Know, my- saying, all of us who all of us who it's lived not- during this time realized it's that not- every other day something was happening <laughs> on MTV News that had something to do with Bobby Brown. And when I thought about it, I was like, "That okay. that was a dis- that was a specific was like, that was a director's yeah, decision." I there, I was like, oh, "Okay, that makes sense." Because I mean, I didn't, I wasn't like, I wasn't in a place where I was like, this "Shit is terrible." Because I'm tired of you know the. I was just like, this shit is just all over the place. I mean, it's Bobby, but you know, it's all over the place. And so, you know, it it tells a story. I mean, it it uh, um, so how far does it go into new edition? Nah, because I know that it basically starts. It basically starts the story after he got kicked out. Yes. Ah. Uh, so okay. it kind of it it, it kind of shows you know his life in the projects before. Mm-hmm. Um, his life in the projects before New Edition, and then when his grandmother died, his grandmother dies. Grandmother that's dies, where it and his at. best friend dies, mm-hmm. and then like the he 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 leaves a funeral, and then his best friend gets killed, and then you know he's there to see that, and then it kind of goes from there, and then it kind of shows. Um, then he back at home then, from being out of New Edition. So basically, yeah, the story is <laughs> at that point it goes right into him coming home uh, from when he got kicked he got out of New the group. Edition. Yeah. So you know, and and then it kind of starts from right there. What well, does it go into? Does it deal with like the recording of the "Don't Be Cruel" album? Does it so go into that? From there, what it you know that you know "Don't Be Cruel" was not the first album. So, oh yeah, that's right. Uh, I didn't really. He was so basically the story is he was selling drugs, and his mother called. Uh, his mother, the way this is, sh- the way they show it, <laughs> show it, yeah. She just picked up the phone and called Lil Silas, like you know. We need to she, talk. I got him. You know, I, I got five his, minutes. Of I your got time. his ass on speed dial, so I can just call Lil Silas yeah. and say what's up. I got five. I need five minutes. And of your time. so she, she. Uh, <laughs> She and she uh and so apparently she got Lil Silas to come from L.A. to Boston to talk to Bobby and say, "Look, you you can either record this album, you know, or uh, you can die in these streets." And he was like, "Well, I guess I'll record an album." And that's when they recorded the Skink, uh, King of Stage album. Okay. And then I want to shout out Makai Pfeiffer. Who played Tommy yeah. Brown, his big brother? Mm-hmm. And the reason I want to shout him out is because he was actually the best actor in the movie. He, you know, you actually believed him. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I believe Whitney. No, you didn't. I believe her, dog. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I believe all when that. she was dancing with I the glasses. I believe all that. Gabrielle Dennis. I she, believe she that. wasn't bad, but you know, she was better. Than, she actress. was better than the other chick. Who are the other chick? The one that did the Lifetime movie. The you, Lifetime Whitney movie. You watched that? Did didn't the commercials look bad? I'm just saying. You asked. I don't know. You said she wasn't. You said she. You said she wasn't good, but she she did a good job to me. Okay. Well, <laughs> anyway, Gabrielle she was, Dennis. She, I, she, ooh, she, I was she about used to, to say be. Something. She used to be on the game. 
she's actually been on a lot of recent stuff. She's yeah. on uh, Luke Cage right now. Right. That's right. Mm, but yeah, good. she was she was on uh she was on the game. So uh, that's where I think she got her 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 yes. big thing going yeah. on was mm-hmm. the game. The game. Yeah. And then uh, she played Whitney, but you know it kind of you know. But before Whitney, you know it showed it showed it had a couple of uh, unnecessary scenes in it. Uh, showing him with uh, uh, having threesomes and the like uh, in the trailer before the, Ghostbusters, yeah, the movie, yeah, and all this. Like, so, oh, what were they trying all. to say when they said that when they told was, that, that he was just you know he, he was he just, the king, he was just out he there the doing whatever. He the, king. he the king, you know, he was just out there doing whatever. <laughs> he was just a male, he was thought. just all over the place, yeah. And so, uh, um, you know, I, uh, the, the one. The most interesting one here's 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 one of the more interesting. When he did the King of Stage album, they released Girlfriend. You remember that song? I'm just looking at it right now. Yeah, I do remember that song. So they released Girlfriend as the first single, and I don't think anything came after that. Because I, I don't think I think single pretty. I think I don't Girlfriend, know any other songs on this album. Yeah, I don't even know Girlfriend. Girlfriend charted. I mean, you're looking at it now. Did the show that it charted? Yeah, Mm -hmm. it was uh, 12, number 12 R&B, and it was 86 on uh, Hot 100. Now, what was the other song? His brother wanted a a fast song. So what was supposed to be? They never said what the fast song was. They never suggested what that. Mm -hmm. Tommy was, Tommy the big brother went to Lowell Silas, and he went to uh, MCA and said, y'all are making a mistake. The first single shouldn't be a ballad. And he did it anyway, and it was girlfriend. So the album, of course, flopped. Cause it's which not makes sense though, uh, because I'm looking at the credits on this album, mm-hmm. and you probably would have tuned in more to like the w- number three song, which was a La- Larry Blackman. Yeah, Larry Blackman. Produced he was in it. the middle of Atlanta, so he was doing. You know, they had some artists. They 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 had access to. Uh, L.A. Reid, baby. Yeah, they had access. Well, they didn't. They didn't. They they did they had access to these people at the beginning and uh uh apparently they just thought that they knew better what to do with them and i thought because you know um bobby brown is not luther or you know he he's he's not not. he's not you know the first thing you think about when you think about bobby brown even before you knew who bobby brown was after he got kicked out of new edition the last thing I'm thinking about is him singing a ballad. You know, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. shit, I'm going to Bobby Brown singing ballads. He got love songs out. I'm going to go get me a Bobby Brown album. So uh, now, as much as I've said that I would never be good at A&R, that would have been the mistake I would have made. I wouldn't have put out a ballad. Oh, absolutely. That wouldn't have been my my thought process. And I'm just looking at all of his albums right now and Don't Be Cruel was by far Don't, Don't Be Cruel was was to me a near masterpiece of R&B. And here's why here is and and here here's going to be my next point. Um Whitney might not have been so far off by calling him the king of R&B. There's some And I'm going to tell you this. and I'm going to tell you why when you start when you think about the time period. Mm-hmm. There there's a scene where uh, Bobby goes and talks to Ralph Trezvan. Mm-hmm. And he's saying to him in this scene, he was like, you know, this last album was bullshit. They got me singing ballads and this is not me. And he said, I'm, he said I need to be able to do like R&B over some rough shit. Mm-hmm. And so he played uh, the Express. show. Mm-hmm. He said, see, this is me. 
Remember the show? He said, this is me. This is what I should be doing. Which is the precursor to all of 90s R&B. Which is exactly yeah, yeah. what DJ happened. DJ Swing, the so whole nine yards. Yep. Then MCA still wasn't listening to Bobby. Mm. He was in the studio. They introduced him first <laughs> to Baby L.A. and Babyface, which you, you just need to watch that show just for the that, way that they scene. portrayed L.A. and Babyface. And uh, why he told him he looked like some Shalimar. <laughs> he said, y'all niggas look like y'all from Shalimar. I ain't just. But anyway, when he went into the conversation about uh, he went into uh, he went into uh, uh, he he basically was like, yo, you need to call Teddy Riley. I heard some beats from this dude, Teddy Riley. This is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And then he said, uh, uh, he was like, well, no, nah, man, we got to get you. He said, no, nah, I'm going to work with them too, but half my album need to be <laughs> yeah. this. Mm-hmm. And so the the first beat he heard from Teddy Riley was Don't Be Cruel. That's exactly where R&B went after Don't Be Cruel, that album came out. When did that album come out? 89, 88, 87? No, that uh, came out like... 1988. Damn. 88. Yeah, 88. So yeah, that's yeah. when that album came out. That, that was the turn. That was exactly when it turned. But you're saying that was Teddy Riley. That was a babyface. Don't Be Cruel was L.A. and Babyface. I mean, the, uh, you're talking about the other song, My Prerogative. My Prerogative. Is, uh, okay, is Teddy Riley. That's what I meant. Okay, my okay, Prerogative. Okay. My, my bad. That's what I mean. My Prerogative. That's exactly where R&B went. It became, you got these hard back beats, mm-hmm. and then you got some R&B singers I singing agree. over the top yeah, of right. it. And then, remember, that also spun that... That also spun what New Edition did, and then it spun out what I mean, what New Edition was doing, and that also spun out what uh, what became the boy band era. Mm-hmm. That whole mm-hmm. that New Jack Swing boy band era. From boys to men to another band. Exactly where R and B went. That, yeah. So when Whitney got, you know, we were all looking at her like she was a crackhead at the time. When she was a crackhead at the time. Well, <laughs> but, but when she said, know, "Come on," but when she said, "No," I agree with everything that you, you just said. Nobody. When she got you on stage and said the wrong. king of R and B, everybody looked at her like, "You got to be out your mind." Everything that you just said was right, mm-hmm. okay. but it was all right about one album. You can't be the king based off one album. Okay. You can't be the king based off one. I just, you know, okay. well, and I'm looking at well, his, I'm gotta, looking at his subsequent he, albums, and he gotta it be didn't a, translate he, on subsequent. He's got to be at least the Godfather. I, he I he will, birthed it. I will give you that before okay. I give you King. Okay. So I, he he the grandfather of R and B because he modern R and B. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he at least birthed it. He and he, so and the '90s was every all of the '90s was a spinoff from what they did uh, on that true. album. That's true. Ballads and that's uh, true. dance tracks. I agree with you. And and remixes. And remixes. Because he really did a lot of rock. He did a lot of remixes have, with the songs and yeah, all of that. Because yeah. before I bought the album first, I know I bought three or four remixes before I bought the album. I, so, I'm yeah. pretty certain of that. I'm pretty certain of that. So, yeah, it was. It was so, a very influential album. Very much so. Very influential album. Very much so. Very yeah, much so. Yeah. Too bad it couldn't influence him further. Right. Because, right. you know, that Bobby album was his next album, and Humping Around was a single. And that was the that was the only song on that right, album that right, did anything. Right. I think that one charted, but I don't even know if they released anything right. else off that album. I don't think they did. I, I think, man, he. I think 
in the movie, to me, it seemed like he got so caught up into being with Whitney and their lifestyle that he didn't do music anymore. So and, that's what and, I felt like. And here's 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 the, the thing: my wife and I've been argue, we've argued about for years until like mm-hmm. the last maybe five years when she finally acquiesced. I said that uh, she used to always say that Bobby brought Whitney down. Right. But but that's not true. But that's not true. Mm-mm. Whitney was the druggie, and Bobby drank. He did drugs, but he was like this. You know, it wasn't like his thing. You know, he wasn't a okay. He was a drug addict. They, were, was, they were both from me, the hood. They were both from the hood. Very much so. They were. She both was just better hood. at code switching. Exactly. That's that's the only thing that's that was exactly going the on point. there. She's just I, better at code which switching. Was, which was my <laughs> argument. And the other thing that I wanted to say that I was saying to her was. Bobby married, I mean, Whitney married Bobby because Bobby reminded her of where she came from. Yep. Mm-hmm. Bobby married Whitney. Men don't get married to party. Men get married to settle Something down. Else. So that was all that. And so she finally went, okay, you, you might be right about that. But I had been saying that for years. He would have been fine. Like, he would have been fine smoking a little weed and drinking some, but he wouldn't have. <laughs> He wouldn't. He wouldn't have to. He wouldn't have to go to the next right. level. And so after like this that. last Whitney documentary came out, we went to see. She was kind of like, "Well, maybe you, yeah. maybe you have a point." And I was like, but "How does still, that taste coming out of your mouth?" But still, so so this is another question that I have about the movie because for me, what I really want to understand is I I see the relationship with him and Whitney because that was so publicized that you can kind of okay. Why didn't he have a stronger relationship with his daughter, and why did that? Okay. Happened the way so it happened. here, here is here is my take on it, based on what I saw in the in the in the documentaries, mm-hmm. and not and I'm I'm going back to, I'm going back to the Whitney's, Whitney's documentary, documentary. Mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna apply it to what they kind of showed in the biopic. Mm-hmm. So when they got divorced, um, she basically cut herself off completely. And she took Bobby with her, Bobby Christina uh, with her. Mm-hmm. So she, so the whole thing was, the reason we're getting a divorce is not so much that I don't love you or we're, you know, we haven't been doing the same things and so on and so forth. We're not good for each other. We are codependent, and we might could keep going, but I'm not going to do it because I need to rehab my career. Mm. And that's kind of her. That's kind. So taking it back to the biopic, I mean the uh, documentary, her mother was all about her career. So Sissy was probably a little jealous of Whitney. So she made Whitney what she wanted her to be, what what Sissy really wanted to be, this mega superstar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when she got with Bobby, she was like, "He's dragging you down," mm-hmm. when she didn't already know that. Her sons are the one who drug her down. Her sons are the ones who gave her drugs in the first place, mm-hmm. who started that whole thing. Mm-hmm. So she claimed she didn't know that, but you know, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know how that's going on under your house in your house, and you don't know it right. on some level. But you know, it was it, that's the way it happened. So the whole point was to sever the tie completely. So. What happened was is that eventually he, you know, they kind of got a relationship. Uh, uh, Bobby and Bobby his, and Bobby Christina kind of mm-hmm. got the relationship back together. Right. But when she died, M- M- Sissy 
mm-hmm. and the rest of the family had to blame somebody. Mm-hmm. So they blamed Bobby. Right. He was, I don't, Sissy made like statements like, I don't care what kind of man he was, he wasn't a good man for Bobby, uh, for Whitney. Whitney. Mm-hmm. So they continually blame, she has, to me, she has never dealt with the fact that Whitney was on drugs. She never dealt with the fact that Whitney was probably in love with Robin, that they probably had a relationship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She never dealt with that. Then it kind of came out that Dionne Warwick's mm-hmm. uh, sister was sexually molesting them, uh, right. him and her and another one. So she's never properly dealt with that. So I think she's been in denial for a long time. And I think that what happened was is that she wanted to blame somebody for Whitney being on drugs and Whitney dying, so she blamed Bobby. So her thing was to keep Bobby Christina away, and so they kind of, they kind of, it kind of, they kind of made it to where because it, they, there was a scene. They showed the scene in the movie where he was trying to get to her, like for a week or two after, after she died, he lost contact with Bobby, Bobby Christina. She wouldn't answer his calls mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So when he finally saw her at the funeral, he was trying to get with her you know, get to her to talk to her. Right. And they had been told, security had been told to keep Bobby away from them. Mm. So I think that was why he didn't have a That's good relationship. That's the most tragic part of that whole story to me. Because she obviously loved her father mm-hmm. just based on the documentary, the biopics and so on and so on. She obviously had a good relationship with him. She loved him. And I think she would be alive today. If it hadn't been for you really, I mean, Houston now. you don't know. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, that's the yep. whole thing. You don't know what would have happened if you had allowed them to have a relationship. Right. You know, and that's it's really, tragic. You, you know, and it, and it just speaks so it's, it speaks volumes to, especially in our community, we do stuff like that. You know what I mean? We try to keep our kids away from, you know, it goes back to Black and, Panther, man. <laughs> they always trying to you keep. Right. <laughs> you right. You right. Don't hide the you child. Right. Hey, auntie. <laughs> Just, just come home. <laughs> just let the kids. Just come. be at home. Don't, don't take it out on the kids. It's, it's not let the kids', the kids fault. You know, they need to have relationships with their but parents. But no, seriously though, that's yeah. that's really. So know, that's, I'm, that, I'm, I'm really impressed that they that they talked about that part of that story. Mm-hmm. And that's the that, part that's, to me where it got really good. And it was following a direction. It had some direction in the yeah. movie at that <laughs> point. Stop mm-hmm. moving all mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you weren't going here, you weren't going here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it finally caught up. Like, okay, now we got a storyline. Okay. You know, so I'm going to ask you this then, Mike. Um, you notice in the movie when he got ready to get married to Whitney, that was his first time seeing her snort some cocaine. I, I'm like really. So the story's got a little, you know. Yeah. That's where that's where it was kind of those disjointed yeah. pieces that you kind of mm-hmm. go, yeah, that was probably done for television. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, because in the previous movie, it wasn't like that. What previous movie? Are you talking in about the, that, in the, the new Whitney? edition movie? Oh. It wasn't like that. Remember? Did in they the, ever show that in the part in the new edition? Movie? I think they showed part of them partying or whatever in the new Before edition. Before they movie. got married. No, in the movie that I saw in Lifetime. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. It was There's well before that. <laughs> yeah, it's time to it's time to stop making movies about <laughs> Bobby and Whitney. It was well. They're, it they're was well much before that. So in the Lifetime movie, you're saying that Whitney and Bobby were doing drugs together before they doing, got before she, they got married. She was doing, it. but he did he see it? 
before she they got did it married. right in front of him before they got married well before they got yeah, married so okay. the way they the, the way they portrayed it in the bobby brown movies he walked in on her getting ready for uh the wedding and Robin just and picked the plate up from and see that <laughs> see you see now that's the kind of that's why I didn't wasn't running the tune in because you know I knew Bobby was in charge of the story or was 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 working with the people uh-huh. so you know the story is not going is is going to paint him in the best possible light so you know that's that's why I was no, kind of like I don't, I don't think they really tried to do that, that. Okay. Uh, I don't really think they okay. tried to do that but I mean the scene that you're talking but, about kind of speaks to okay he's he's saying He's moving the accountability away from him by saying, you know. Well, I mean, I, I think it, I think it's well documented that he he wasn't the druggie. He had done drugs. He turned into the druggie but, being but with her. Turned into a drug addict. But still, if y'all do, if y'all on this trip before y'all get married, and then you make the decision, you be like, okay, I'm she's uh-huh. gonna we gonna we gonna be we gonna be together legally, and I know you want some stuff. I know you get down like that. I I know yeah, that you okay. do that. Okay, mm-hmm. but you know. I mean, but no. Think about you. Think about yourself. Wouldn't you hesitate? Even if you, even if you were like, okay, I was part of it, you'd be like, okay, well, you know, that was good for a good time. But uh, I mean, we talk about some real deal stuff now. I'd be like, wait, pump your brakes. I would have been asking questions. I don't know, man. Love is, <laughs> love is a hell of a drug. It's a hell of a drug. Yeah, yeah. And, you and know, combined and, with and, other drugs, it's <laughs> really bad. Huh? <laughs> the cocktails get nasty, boy. Cocktails away. Wait a minute. I, I love cocaine cocktail. Ain't nothing to mess with. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's some potent shit. That, I don't but, want one of those. Yeah. Uh, but uh, speaking of portrayals, uh-huh. the uh, the most interesting one is the uh, the uh, the the Bobby Janet scene. Yeah. I heard, I heard about that. Oh yeah. I don't believe that. I'm a I don't believe I do. it. I believe that. I do. I absolutely believe. So let me make she sure went I understand. She Jermaine Dupree, so what's the, come oh, on. Oh, well, there you go. I, I absolutely you believe. You my argument away really fast. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I absolutely believe it because, because I think it was documented that, I think it's been documented that Joe Jackson didn't want her to be with anybody black, had told her that it was a career issue. You don't need to be with nobody black. And if he black, he got to be real, you know, he got to be. Pretty, uh, pretty. Uh, not really black, <laughs> like James the Barge. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so you don't need to do that. And uh, just for your, I mean, because remember, so Joe, she rebelled. Joe was all about his career. She wasn't rebelling. He was the side piece. Bobby was her side piece. And he and he he said, "I'm just your side piece. You gonna get married? I'm gonna still remain your side piece." Oh, he told her this in the scene in the bed after they got through. Now the only part before. that I don't necessarily believe believe uh-huh. is her being kicked out of the hotel room so that's the Next. part that i heard that's, that's the part. that's the part that i actually well, they heard show about. that in the movie but how does but how did that get told as part it's of in the, the story? book oh apparently it's in his book that he said that well who the, wrote the book i'm not saying that it didn't happen well no 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 i'm, I'm just no, curious I, about I who wrote the book I don't it's know. his book it's his book is it oh, i don't know okay. who, i'm sure he wrote it Okay. Or somebody, it's his word. I'm sure he okay. didn't write it, but you know he wrote it. <laughs> but you know, but no, I was asking because like if it's an actual biographer, then they would be like, actually have some kind. No, of no, proof no, no, of whatever. This, not yet. This is him. No, this he, is these are his words. Yes. Yeah. This is his. And his so he, uh, but they didn't show him kicking her out of the room. Uh, so she was using Bobby, and Bobby got tired of it. It's basically what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. No, I, I, I think well. I, I, 
I, I he t- what he tell in the movie? He said, uh, you finna marry this background singer? Yeah. I mean, back, background dance, dancer. I'm worth 25 million. I got backup dancers. Mm, okay. He went yeah. there on him, man. Yeah, he did. He was like, she, you know, but I, you know, she wasn't in control. <laughs> that's, <laughs> what he, that, that's what he told her. <laughs> it was, Bobby was just a pleasure principal. Best line principle. ever. <laughs> Kudos to you on that. Bobby, was, Bobby was just a pleasure <laughs> principle. That's it. That's it. He, that's it. So anyway, but that's uh, he sent her on another escapade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I'm, I'm not gonna. And that, was, that, was, and that was after he was giving her that rhythm nation. Oh, there you go. <laughs> okay. All right. So now I don't have to watch this because I've gotten a good synopsis of what you all. I don't know that I will ever. You know, I've I've actually watched like the Temptations movie. I've watched again. Uh That was good. New edition movie. The Jacksons movie. I've watched again. That was good. New edition movie. I've I've watched pieces of it again. I haven't sat through all of it again. Bobby, I don't think I'll. I don't. I think I've seen all of Bobby. Okay. I don't think I've seen. I don't think I'll see that one again. You think you're done with it? What about? Yeah, I think I'm done with it. What about you? Think you'll watch it again? Some parts of it is kind of <laughs> comical though. Those uh, Bobby, quick plane, get up! Oh, when he uh, <laughs> fell out on the okay, floor. Okay, so it was a scene. It, it's, it's, you know, he had just done some drugs comical. and he had some drinks, and he's walking through the house, the New Jersey mansion, and he with the crack. And he fall, yeah, he got some crack to take to Whitney <laughs> in apparently, and he falls out. Has the stroke. He has a stroke. Remember, he had a stroke. Mm. And he falls out. Okay. Whitney is walking through the house dancing, and she sees him laying in the floor and thinks he's playing. Reaches in his pocket, gets the crack, and just walks into the other room. But she playing around him at first. Yeah, yeah. quit playing. You tr- putting up all up in his nose. You still, playing. you still breathing. I will say this. I will say this. <laughs> Gabrielle Dennis did kind of have yes. her, her uh, <laughs> mannerisms. She kind of got the mannerisms. She got, down she had good. it, man. I'm telling Especially you. the funeral scene. That 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 one. She that said, was classic. This would be my mother-in-law forever. She was doing, you know, she kind of had. The, That's she had my the, mother-in-law. She did have a crackhead Whitney <laughs> down pretty good. She did have a crackhead Whitney down pretty good. Yeah. It, it was like uh, it was like when Halle Berry. Was in do the right? Th- was it? Nah, no, uh, no, no, no. Uh, Jungle fever. Jungle fever. Yes. yes. Yeah. She. You know. It was that. You believe she was a crackhead. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It was the same thing. Okay. She. She kind of had that down. Okay. But we it. talking about this movie. We ought to. We. We should probably spend a couple <laughs> yeah. of hours. We can't do it now. Talking about don't be cruel because yeah. the 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 record itself. It's an just, excellent record. Yeah. We got to find a way to weave that into a conversation one day. We, we just talking about the movie, but yeah. But I. Yeah. I think I'm done with. Uh, the Bobby Brown Bobby. <laughs> Watch yeah. it for the comedy. Okay. Okay. There are parts where it is funny shit. So, you but know. you know the thing was now the thing that really got me to was when he got when he went to jail and got off drugs. He got into the limo. Remember they showed all this on television. She jumping all on top of him and all this stuff mm-hmm. here. And uh, she ready to get high. And he was and he was like, Nah, I'm with I'm with real food. Blah blah blah. He's like, nah, I'm done with that. She wow. got pissed. Wow. And that was the that's when the demise rid of the relationship took a, t- a major yeah. turn. When he said, I'm done with this. 
and she wanted to keep going. So, I mean, you know, I, I, the, the one thing I'll agree with Sissy Houston about is that, yes, they were uh, codependent. And they, they, neither one of them were going to get clean with each other. With each other. You know, they, they, but the thing that when you get to the end and you see Bobby has been clean and he's still going, you know, he's still kind of doing his thing and it's gotten better. Whitney's not here anymore, and she's not here anymore because she, right? She never got better. Right. That kind of tells the story. That tells yeah. the story yeah, yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah. yeah, that absolutely. The end is 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 the end clears up the middle. Yeah, right. The the end really does clear right. up the middle. So, right, you know, right. But, all, right. all right. On that note, hey man, I just want to say, uh, watch. Okay. One time at least. You know my name now. You know, you know my game. You wanna be with me? You gotta be the same. Maybe another girl would be. If you wanna be with me, don't be cruel. Okay. Okay. I had to get that out. Let him go and get that out. Yeah, but as always, every tiny step desk. I take. Okay. No. Go ahead. We wanna thank you all for listening to Michael Nelson and his rendition <laughs> of. Now, anyway, thank you all for listening to Psycho Music Lyricology. Listen, like, and subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, Spreaker, TuneIn, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter at PsychoFellas. You can check out the blog at PsychoMusicLyricology at gmail.com. We can also be contacted at 469-606-9534 or at PsychoMusicLyricology at gmail.com. Until the next time, peace. Hey, Kelly. Peace.